back to Show Talk, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. We are back with another episode of The Magicians, Season 1, Episode 8, The Strangled Heart. Now, if you thought last episode was difficult, you are not prepared for this one because the betrayal from so many people, the love, the loss, close calls, so many, so many close calls. But before we get right into everything that's happened, the drama, I feel like I should put out my warning again. I haven't put this out for a couple episodes, but this show is for mature adults. So keep that in mind if you decide to hop on to this show from here on out, because there will be some graphic things that even I, an adult, cringed at a couple times <laughs> this episode. So you have been warned, but for all of us who've already invested and who's in it and are legally supposed to be watching this, <laughs> let's get right into it. Let's get right into episode eight and start off with our quick recap of episode seven, as always. Last time we saw our kids in The Magicians, it was the Mycoscopy circumstance. And we are going through a bunch of trials from the last trials. They had been sent over to Antarctica to learn a little bit more about magic and the power that they hold over it. Taught by, of course, Mycoscopy. You know, I don't know how to say his name, but it's just been accepted at this point. (laughs) But you know it. Anyway... Alice and Quentin got a little closer, a little bit more intimate. We cut that tension with a knife with the help of our little fox friends, um, where they were able to let out their animalistic urges once and for all. I mean, they may not have defined the relationship yet, but so far they're pretty close. They're they're close enough. (laughs) Katie and Penny, Katie finally came out to Penny and let him in. However, now that her mother is dead and the break bills knows about what she's done and what her mother has done, she is on the run to protect herself and protect what little she knows about magic so she doesn't get erased. Now, that puts a big damper on the relationship, seeing as how Katie left without Penny and Penny thinks that he's been abandoned once more. But that's fine, that's fine, because Penny has other focuses right now. He removed his astral projection tattoo in efforts to control his traveling abilities. So best of luck to him um, and his coping mechanisms with the loss of Katie, but we all know it's a mess. In the other side of break bills, Margot and Elliot are going through some struggles because there's a new addition to their group and that comes in the form of Mike, a past student from New York who Elliot has become really close to really fast. However, Mike may not be who he says he is and instead might be an informant for the beast because there are one too many moths floating around, circling around Mike and his eyes are going blue so that's something we should be watching for this episode for sure especially with him being so close to Elliot and being able to spy on the rest of the kids now that they're back from their studies with Maya Koskovy. Lastly with everything that's been going on Julia finally has a chance to get some help and maybe put down the magic once and for all but it looks like somebody might be digging that back up with a little bit of a twist on what magic really is. There's a lot we need to unlock with Julia, honestly, this episode. So let's just jump right into her storyline before we slip into the craziness that's going down in break bills. 
because in all honesty, Julia's storyline seems a little bit more calm compared to everything that's going on in Break Bills, but I'll have you decide for yourself. Now, Julia has been locked up in this place for who knows how long. This treatment center where her sister thinks she's being treated for addiction to drugs. We all know she's being treated for her addiction to magic. And for now, she thinks that the way to get back to her old self is to make amends to Q, especially after everything that she did to him. And just when you think that Julia is finally free from the clutches of the hedge witches, guess who comes walking around the corner? Marina. And I'm nervous because the last time we talked to Marina, somebody died. But no harsh feelings, I guess, because Marina actually comes to apologize. Well, at least that's what it starts off as, because she's pretty mad at Julia for giving up magic, and apparently she has a bond with Julia that she's created. But in all honesty, she's come to threaten Julia, that if she tries to come for her magic again, things will get worse, as if she hasn't killed somebody already. But honestly, we know you're powerful, Marina. Take a step back. Oh my gosh. And here I am sitting here worried about what's going to happen to Julia next when we have a murderer sitting right next to her. But luckily, Julia stays calm and tells Marina once more that she is done with magic once and for all. And yet, every time we try to make some big life change decision like this, someone comes knocking on the door. And that someone comes with the face of Richard, who seems to be one of the lifestyle coaches or therapists that also works within the facility. When he meets Julia, he's explaining that there's a higher power that the addicts need to look to. Somebody who can be their guiding star when they're turning back to their bad ways of magic, drugs, or whatever. And Julia, of course, thinks that that's BS because it's just another form of a coping mechanism or a crutch that trading one bad habit for another. When Richard and Julia finally confront each other, it seems that Richard knows that Julia is a past hedge witch. Apparently, it's pretty popular for hedge witches to lose their mind and end up in a facility looking to finally get away from magic once and for all. But Richard says he knows how to combat Julia's fears when it comes to magic because he thinks that she's been looking at it the wrong way. Magic to him is dictated by higher beings, gods per se, who have given magic to people like him and Julia as a gift and it is the hedge witches that are treating it as if it was drugs. So Julia shouldn't be treating herself as if magic is an addictive drug because it's not. Now, I've been saying since probably episode two that magic is a drug, especially for Julia, especially after everything that's happened to her and the trouble that it's gotten her in and mixed with. And finally, finally, we think that Julia has a breakthrough and here comes this random guy who tells her that it's not what we've been thinking and that we know. And at first I was a little suspicious when he gave Julia the note and told her to try this incantation that would connect her to the gods that he's been preaching about and the magic that they have. However, it works. And apparently Julia comes in contact with a harvest deity that basically confirms that maybe Richard might have been telling the truth. However, that means that Julia is going to be going down another path, maybe less destructive as the hedge witches, but no less connected to magic. Who knows if it's a good thing? Who knows if it's a bad thing? But that's kind of where we leave off with Julia this episode. 
If it's not one thing, it's another thing with our girl, honestly. But over in break bills, our kids are finally back from Antarctica. And although you would think that everything's all fine and dandy, they finally passed all of their trials and they are officially students of break bills university. Things are a little bit more muddy in the relationship department because Alice and Q, although they've gotten together, they're not defining the relationship the way Q would like. I mean, Alice is waiting for Quentin to pronounce his love for her. Yeah, I, I kind of went silent there too because their relationship is moving a lot faster than we thought it was going. So of course they're rocky as always, and whether it's friendship or relationship apparently. Penny trying to get over Katie is projecting or traveling all over the world trying to control his abilities before the beast gets to him first which is smart Margo is still in Ibiza and Elliot and Mike are getting closer than ever which we should be worried about seeing as last episode Mike's eyes were glowing and he might have had connections with the beast and it's a good thing that we're worried because everything hits the fan really fast right off the bat while Mike is off sneaking around in the middle of the night, he receives a message from a bunny. Now this is where things get graphic because instead of just a regular message, he goes to rip the bunny's head off and reaches inside and finds a dagger. Now as I'm here cringing in a corner, if I didn't think Mike was bad to begin with, he's sure in my bad books now, if not for killing an animal, then for the fact that he's walking around with a dagger and what he plans to do with it. Because while Penny and Q are studying out in the middle of the yard, Mike attacks with a dagger and ends up stabbing Penny when Penny tries to protect Q. And it turns out that the wound is cursed and it's spreading, and Penny could possibly be dying. We know that if it was any closer to his heart, he wouldn't be where he is right now. And Mike, Mike is on the run, but luckily he gets caught by the Dean and is in, put in interrogation. Because without knowing his motives and without having the dagger, Penny's going to die and maybe a lot more people. The excuse that Mike has, however, after everything that's gone down, is that he might have been under control. At least that's what Elliot's saying as well, because he doesn't seem to remember what happened or how he even got to break bills in the first place, which is very confusing for Elliot, seeing as they've been together since they first met. And apparently, Mike might have been under a blackout during that stage too. I don't believe him and it's a good thing that I don't because when Eliza, our informant, you remember her, comes to interrogate him herself, it turns out it's been the beast the entire time. And she's not safe. Poor girl is taken out once and for all by the beast and is murdered. Dean Fogg, finally having control over his hands and his magic again, tries to go on the defense, but the beast is too strong. Luckily, Elliot comes through and actually takes out Mike himself. Now that must have been traumatizing. I mean, killing your own boyfriend, but slash the beast, but does he know it's the beast? It's a whole confusing story. But there's a lot of dead bodies on the floor right now. Eliza, as well as the beast's puppet? 
Now, without Mike or slash the Beast, we don't know exactly what happened to Penny. But luckily, our fillery nerd Q is come to the rescue because he's able to identify the wound that Penny has when rose vines start to grow. Apparently in the books, Jane once gets sent an assassin and is stabbed with a Virgo blade, and the same symptoms that are happening to Penny happens to her. The only way that you can cure it, however, is if you identify your most precious thing. That precious thing can be a substitute for your own body, and once it's burned, the curse is burned as well. And it's precious and heartbreaking to know that Penny's most important thing, most precious thing, is a representation of his love for Katie in the form of the candy wrapper she gave him in the last episode before she disappeared. And although it works and Penny is able to live another day, thankfully, we still have a lot more on our plate because now Eliza is dead and she's our only connection and resource into what to do with the beast and if the beast comes. With her gone, the school Dean Fogg, the students, they have no clue how to defeat the beast. Dean Fogg, forever the pessimist, already thinks that everyone's going to die. He's given up hope altogether. So to say I'm worried about what's going to happen to our kids from here on out would not be an understatement because the beast now, he... He's opened fire on the rest of the faculty in the school since day one, and he can apparently walk in and out of break bills whenever he wants. And now that we don't have Eliza, we're unsafe. What happened to our wards? Nothing is working anymore. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this episode. I'm nervous for the next episode, and I'm nervous for the rest of the season. But what did you guys think? Did you like this episode? Did you not? How do you feel now that Elliot has killed Mike? Are you relieved? Are you saddened that he might just be jumping down the deep end now? Knowing that he killed his own boyfriend, somebody that he cared about, that he was vulnerable to, might even have loved. I know it was moving fast, but who knows? Love moves in mysterious ways. Um, what do you think about Eliza being dead? Are we safe? Can we still be safe now that our only informant into the Beast is gone? Dean Fogg's got his powers back. You'd think that would help, but Dean Fogg doesn't care either. He's, he feels hopeless, which is surprising seeing as he tried to kick Eliza out just 20 minutes ago. Also, Penny and Katie. I mean, Penny survived, but it just, but we've solidified the fact that he's in love with Katie now. And since he was on the brink of death, do you think that'll give him a chance to forgive her and see what he could be missing without her? Allison Q, how do you guys feel about that? Are you shipping them together or are you over their drama? Oh, and lastly, what do you guys think about the fact that magic might be on a whole new level when it comes to gods? I mean, actual gods gods. I don't know if this was a fluke with whatever happened to Julia, but if it's real, then we could tap into some potential that we never even tapped into before. I mean, I wish you would take a break from magic, honestly, but you get what you get, you know? Tell me what you thought with the hashtag ShowTalkPodcast on Twitter, where I'll be scrolling through there to see what you guys thought of this week's episode, your questions and comments, and Make sure you check my website, showtalk.blog, if you want information on where we are streaming, what shows I'm posting on this podcast, as well as other ways to contact me. But like I say, if you like this show, if you like this episode, if you like me, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it everywhere. But like always, keep talking.